Breaking the cycle to step forward. Authentic conversations from lived experience and a professional perspective in overcoming abuse with Chris Tuck and Beverly Ann. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Breaking the Cycle to Step Forward. This is episode 20. And with, today we're calling this The Power of Speaking Out. I'm Beverly Ann. And I'm joined as always by <laughs> <laughs> and it's 30 minutes or should we just say around 30 minutes. Have you seen that I've changed our paragraph 30 to 45 minute conversation I've changed <laughs> it to. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's just imagine you've got a couple of people sitting around the table having a cup of coffee and they're having authentic chats that comes from our own lived experience but also from a professional perspective as well, because we're both professionals in this area um, in different ways. So, Chris, do you want to open up your thoughts about what we were speaking about earlier? Yeah, I think the power of speaking out for many people that we know has been a positive thing for us, but not everybody wants to speak out in the way that we do. But I know for a fact that when someone does have the opportunity to speak out, whether it is in a group or um, a public space, they want to carry on and do more of that. Unfortunately, though, there are limited opportunities for those things to happen. There aren't many events where a lot of victim and survivors can come together and actually speak out at the same time. And over the years, um, with Phil Lafferty, we've been up and down the country um, creating events where victim survivors can come together and actually speak their truth, um, own their story, share what has happened to them, share the impact upon them. Um, and every person that I know that has ever attended one of those events, for example, or is in the peer-to-peer -peer support group, and they are speaking to like-minded people, people that have literally walked in their shoes and maybe a bit further on in their journey of healing, um, they find it really empowering. What about you? Absolutely everything that you're saying, Chris. And I have been at one of Phil Lafferty's Voice in CSA events, and we've both got videos from that as well. I remember when I was ready to start, as I, in my own mind, putting my head above the parapet. Because there's a real fear there. And one thing I will say, it takes a lot of self-preservation. So even just to become, to think about speaking and preparing the speech, it's yourself. It's about owning what it is you want to share. Mm -hmm but also preparing yourself because sometimes it's not taken in the way that you want it to. Yeah. Because it's not received the way absolutely. you want it. Yeah. Because we don't have control over who's receiving it. And, and how they're receiving it. Yes. And, and even though we try and have a clear message, it's again, it's subjective to that person. So it's really making sure that our own self-care is in place first. And I'm precious about that. And hence, so I've changed my surname. My, I've recently got married, but I have a different name out there publicly, professionally to my private life. And that's so that I get that little bit of change. So it's still me. But I want to know that that's my public and then I've got my private to a certain extent, not because of anything, um, not because I'm ashamed of anything, but it's also because of others around me. And it gives them their. Their anonymity. Yeah, so that's really interesting you say that, because obviously I do know your names, but I never knew the reason behind it. I just thought maybe, well, maybe she's not caught up with changing her name yet. But that 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 does um, that does give you a sense of anonymity if you really do want that, doesn't it? So that is a good a good point for other people if that's what they want to do as well. 
Absolutely. And it's about choice, because also I'm aware that when I share my story um, that I've got siblings, etc., who, you know, they're in different places. And it's I never mention them in name or anything because it's their story to share if they ever wanted to and when they ever wanted to. And yes, I would support that. Um, and so that's where I'm very aware. And also sometimes it's it's um, and I'm not going to say anything here because it's too personal and I want to give them their space. But the comments that I sometimes get from, you know, um, close people is that's all in the past. I know even now. But you know what's behind all of that? It's a lot of fear. What, what do you mean? What are they going to hear? And what they're fearful of what they're going to hear and they're fearful of what maybe we're going to expect from them. Yes, yes. But we also get more than just fear. We also get anger. So anger is directed when people want to be able to speak out and feel that they haven't got the opportunity or why are you speaking out about this? Yeah, especially in families that um, the reputation is everything. And some cultures are like that as well. You know, reputation is everything. And um, don't hang your dirty linen out or your, laundry, your dirty laundry out in public. That's yeah. to be kept in the household. You're going to bring shame on us and all of that kind of narrative, which obviously is not conducive for a victim and survivor's healing, unfortunately. No. No, mm. and that's why we're going to get, so, you know, we're being honest here. These yeah. are some of the things that happen. Now, you and I, in a place of our, of our journey, our healing, our recovery, whatever ways you want to say it is, that we choose what we're going to speak about. But mm -hmm. quite frankly, if I've chosen to speak about it, if somebody doesn't want to hear it, then turn it off. Yeah, exactly. Because that is part of me. Yeah, I think, though, that the, the power of speaking out on a personal level, and that's all we can really do is talk about on a personal level and also what other people have shared with us. Yes. Um, is once you have found your voice, I don't know about you, but once I've found my voice, I can't shut up about any injustice or oppression or um, inequality of power and control over others. And I almost have to stick up for or, or, or speak up against all of that and any of that. And it's exhausting. So you really do have to learn to pick your battles and know when to walk away from something that is not going to change at all, no matter what you say. Um, and also escalate the conversation with your knowledge and expertise and lived experience if People are listening and are open to that and want to actually make changes in this area. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I had to learn as well, because we all want to be liked. Let's be honest. Yes, we do. We're human, and, aren't we? Uh, and we were talking in our last podcast about people pleasing. Yeah. And so this goes against, well, not against it. You know, we have traits of people pleasing. So suddenly it's like, oh, we're doing what we want to do, what's important for us. And we can't make those decisions for other people. But like you, I don't like injustice. But I've come to realise through practice as well, that sometimes there are times when no somebody is so stuck in how they want to see things, so rigid in their views and beliefs, that like you say, no matter what you say and how you approach it, it's not going to happen. But so I, I'm very much about education. So even in a gentle conversation, I will really try to keep calm and say, have you thought about this? Or, you know, and someone might, might say, oh, but we've always done it. Just because we've always done it that way doesn't mean to say we can't do it a different way. It's like opening a banana. I remember this from a sales technique years ago and everyone's going to try it now. What way do you open your banana, Chris, when you eat a banana? Um, I open it up from the stalk, and I know yeah. that's incorrect. <laughs> There's no correct way or incorrect way. You do it from the stalk. Did you know if you turn it the other way and you've got the flat end, you can still open it that end and you still get the same banana? 
Well, of course you do, unless there's something else growing in there. <laughs> <laughs> but it just, it's an example yeah, I know of how, what you mean. Yeah, yeah, we can do it in different ways, but we just do it one way. Now I, yeah. I, I mix it up, but that was when I first learned to do that. So um, I like an analogy. So coming back to what we're saying is, yeah, I can't keep quiet. I really don't like people being silenced. Mm -hmm. But I like people to have their opinion. Mm -hmm. I love a good discussion. But let's hear it from both sides. Yeah. So there's a court case going on at the moment, which I'm really waiting to hear what the outcome is. Um, It's the Ryan Giggs one not really been following that so you need to fill me in well I have because it's about um it's about physical abuse and emotional abuse okay what's really interesting is some of the things that have been said so so you know how he's such a good football player oh yeah it's this is that and there's been credibility yeah and there's been some victim blaming you know is she just after money etc and I said you've got physical evidence there she, she was on she phones up the 999 it's not about what he's like as a person it's about it's so what he's doing be, yeah but again I don't get angry when I'm challenging that and I, it's, I just say how would you feel if that mm-hmm. was your your daughter and I do it in the, I like to do it in those ways or continue to have my view and share it and allow that person to come back to me sometimes and say, I, don't, I still don't agree with you. Yeah, yeah, and that's fine. You've got your opinion, I've got yeah. my opinion. So we'll, we'll wait and see what happens with uh, Ryan Giggs. I'm very interested to see what's mm. going to happen there. And obviously there's been other profile cases, we won't name them, but there's been other profile cases in the media and it's been portrayed a certain way and now other things are now coming out after the the said facts of the case um so I've deliberately kept quiet on those high profile cases because I'm still mulling over myself exactly what's going on and to be blunt my brain can only deal with so much trauma at a time like anybody's and if I've got lots of my own personal stuff going on I then can't take on lots of other stuff as well so when I've not got so much going on for me then I can watch delve and have those conversations when I've got space absolutely and that's good self-care practice yeah at the end of the day because what you're saying is this is what I can manage this is what I'd like to do and when you're in the right space, you will do. And that's why we like talking about things like this, because speaking out, whilst it does have that side and people are always going to have their opinion, there's also another side. And like for me, I always say when I'm speaking out, there's four reasons. The first reason is for me. It's for the voice I didn't have as a child. Mm-hmm. The second important reason is for any other victim or survivor who feels that they're on their own and they've never been able to speak out about it to say you know what you're not alone and that's why we do what we do the third reason is to um, raise awareness for anyone who has never been in an abusive situation Mm -hmm. because if you're wanting to learn how to support someone just listen to us because sometimes there's not a lot for you to do but listen to the person who's talking to you you can't change anything but having someone to listen to makes makes difference and you know if you're not a survivor of sexual physical or emotional abuse it can be daunting at times what am I going to hear but actually you're there by listening makes such a difference but fourth reason is for proactive prevention of abuse going forward so that people are aware of the signals and the signs and will react and go and go and speak to someone on their behalf yeah especially if they don't know what to do first of all just listen and then go and get someone that is able to do something about it so Absolutely. you can literally be the link between the victim survivor and the help 
yeah they can't do that by themselves so you literally are that linchpin between the two so like with us you know I've got we support each other but I've got friends that have had totally different childhoods they're there as supporters but there are some things I'm I'm not going to discuss with them they'll hear Mm -hmm. these videos etc yeah and they like hearing and some of the feedback is amazing and how they pass it on to other people Mm -hmm. to um, support them and to open a conversation but then there's other professionals you know that we will go even deeper with such as yourself at the moment with your therapy that you're taking part in and being very um I can't floss my words open about open about yeah 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 so going back to the power of speaking out we've sort of like said what it does for us and and we've sort of like said what what it does for other people um and once you've had the opportunity to speak out you're constantly looking for other opportunities and as we said these opportunities aren't vast they're quite scarce and it is almost like um when we first started we had to create our own opportunities Mm -hmm. didn't we and like this podcast this is an opportunity for me and you to educate to raise awareness and and just to and just for us to keep using our voices and our experience because it's important for us we all as human beings especially victims survivors we want to be heard we want to be validated we want to be acknowledged and when we are not being heard when we have been heard and then those opportunities are not coming along and we're almost like in our box feeling silenced again this is a feeling for me I don't know about you but it's a feeling for me when those opportunities are not coming along when you see other people getting these opportunities you're like well why is that not me yeah I never feel resentful against the person that's having the opportunity but I'm resentful that the fact that I'm not getting that opportunity and I don't mind sharing it because I know there's lots of people that feel like this yeah and I know that when I get the opportunities that there are people that are resentful and jealous that I have the opportunity so I've been in their shoes I know what it feels like and it almost feels like you're being silenced um you're not being acknowledged you're not being validated and I was speaking to my counsellor about this this week, purely because going through the criminal justice system for the last five years, you've gone through the abuse, you've spoken up about the abuse to all of these different institutions, the police, social services, your school. You're not believed, you're silenced. For me, I write a book. It's out there, it helps people. Theresa May read it. The inquiry didn't happen because of my book, but I felt really touched that that book played a role in her understanding the importance of the inquiry. So for me, lots of people don't like Theresa May, but for me, that's a badge for me because it validated my truth, okay, because of what she said to me. Um, Then, you know, other opportunities come along and I'm like, thankful, I'm grateful and all the rest of it. But then you start getting sort of like knocked back by the criminal justice system, i.e., um, no further action, uh, you go to appeal, no further action. It's almost like you're being disbelieved, even though it's not, it feels like you're being disbelieved. Yeah. It feels like no one wants to hear from you. And then when you do get the opportunity to speak out, whatever platform it is, and you're passionate, and it might come across as angry, it's not, you're passionate because of what it's, you know, what the impact is on you, uh, it's had on you. Um, and then you don't get those opportunities and you're back in your brain box and you get all of these feelings. When it, when you see someone else like out there, they've probably been working their backsides off for years to get those opportunities, just like we have. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, as I said, I'm not resentful at them because whoever's speaking out is doing a bloody good job Mm. and we should all be on the same side and we should all be encouraging we should all be supportive but it's the fact that you haven't got that opportunity that really sends you into a bit of a spiral um and the only way you can get out of that really on a personal level is to make your own opportunities if those opportunities are not coming to you 
Absolutely. What do you think about any of oh, that? Absolutely. And so from a professional, I'm going to answer this from a professional perspective. So when we look at the psychodynamics of when we're adults, how we react is what we have learned when we're children growing up, okay? That's through reacting ourselves to different situations. And as we've already said, there's a physicality about that. And that also involves emotions, which we often push down. But there's also a reaction because of the, um, the beliefs of people around us. So, for instance, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, actually, I couldn't think of a worse phrase. But that's part of the thing we said about words don't hurt. Words do hurt. You know, they're very powerful. And that's why we're talking about the power of speaking out. So when we come into adulthood, we may be adults, but there'll always be part of that. That's our, That's who we are. You know, in the internal family system, they'll say there is no bad part of us, but it's a natural, natural right to be jealous at times because that child is saying, I want to be heard. I want to be validated. You know, it's important. And I know, you know, when we went into the first lockdown, that absolute fear that I experienced myself of being isolated I felt like you know and at the time I lived in rural so I only had one neighbor I lived on my own with my dog but that fear of isolation of being shut away of not having a choice for me that was like whoa and so I found a way to use my voice for a while but then again when I did use use my voice I got quite attacked at once or twice um and that's why online and that's why I, I took the decision, well, self-care here. And I came off for a while. But that is what we've learned. Think about when we're in the playground as children at schools, infants, juniors, seniors. We, we all have independent ways of living before we start school. But then once we start that community, we learn to adapt to be part of that community. And if someone's telling us through their messages or um, we're being told by a perpetrator not to speak out, when we do get that opportunity to speak out, we're like, I don't want to stop now. So we've talked about if the opportunity is not there for you to carry on speaking for whatever reason, to create your own opportunities. Um, that's all what people have got to do. They can do it, as we've said, in a peer-to-peer -peer support group. They can do written text, can't they, and put yes. it out there. They could write a blog. They could start up their own peer-to-peer -peer support group. So there's lots of ways that people can actually start having this ripple effect out in society and in their communities by writing blogs and putting it out there. And we can, we're more than happy to share them. Um, by doing even what we're doing, having yeah. these conversations. And that's what I like about, the, you know, um, when we ask for comments and feedback, because somebody's given some feedback and I'm, we'll, I'm sharing it online on, on one of the podcasts because they felt unable to say it, but they can write it and it can go there anonymously. And I know when I very first started blogging about my story and wanting to speak about it, I blogged under a different name because that was right for me. That was right for me. It, um, and I needed to, to test the waters from how I was going to react if I didn't get the reaction that I was hoping to get. And that's to be received. And again, isn't it? Um, it's really difficult for those that feel that they're not getting the opportunities to speak out um, in the way that they want. But it's just keep on keeping on, keep knocking at some doors and eventually there will be an opportunity for you. But I think at this stage, the resentment and the jealousy that I may hold, that you may hold and any other person out there that may hold against people that are, are 
more successful in speaking out. It's got, it's got to go because it's not helping anyone. If anything, it's damaging because for those people that have been silenced and want to speak out, when they see someone speaking out, being trolled, have hate put on them, a bit like you explained, you, you was given a lot of hassle, mm -hmm. then you, what you're going to do, you're going to retreat. And it also sends a message out to all of those other people that haven't spoken out yet and want to they're going to go oh if that's happening to her I don't want that happening to me so it, it silences them again and it's just it's not right it's a form of no. bullying and we should as a victim and survivor I'm, I don't want to call it community because it's not community a victim survivor world we, yeah. We, yeah whatever we want to call each other um the the grouping is we should be supporting each other and we should be raising people we should be lifting them and going you know what you're doing a bloody fantastic job and I really do wish I had opportunities like you but I'm getting my own opportunities I'm making them happen but I'm really glad that at least someone is yeah. having the opportunity to speak and change the conversation and change the narrative or challenge the narrative and the conversation. Absolutely, because we all come in at this from different ways as well. So mm -hmm. if I find I'm watching something and I'm I'm getting those feelings because <laughs> I'm a human being, I'm not saying I'm yes. not, that's when I then I check in with myself and I check into that that inner child, that little girl mm -hmm. or that teenager that is feeling yeah. they're not heard. What is it? what is it that you're feeling Beverly and what why? is it that you want yeah what is yeah. it that you want okay this isn't that person and and you realize once you go into depth it's not that person it's about something you're not feeling at that time yeah and do you know what Chris this is what's really in interesting sometimes it's not even about that person no. it's often reflecting or as we've spoken about mirroring a yeah. situation that's happening in my everyday life where yeah. somebody else isn't listening to me or I felt yes feel that I'm not being heard yeah and that's quite an interesting perspective for anyone listening to think about that that's what my counsellor said because I describe a certain situation to her that I'm keeping private but she said you are not angry jealous or resentful to that person what it is is the failings that you've been up against the whole of your life, you're angry at that. And you're angry at not having the opportunity to speak up for the little person. And as an adult, knowing what you know, having the opportunity to share the, the bigger picture, the wider, the wider landscape of how it all fits in. She said, that is your frustration. She said, and that is absolutely fine to feel like that but just know me as a person and anyone else out there that finds themselves in the same situation not to put your anger over there where it's not meant to because that's misplaced put yes. the anger back over here to those caregivers perpetrators to the bullies to whatever's going on yeah put it back to where it belongs and if you can when you're feeling those feelings if you can do exactly what you said, check in with yourself, what's going on, why is it going on, and then shift how you're feeling and put the blame, the anger, the emotion, whatever emotion it is you're feeling, put it back to where it should be. And she said, your life will just turn completely the other way round. Absolutely. So, practice. And it is practice because anger is an emotion. Yeah. It, and, and it's important to acknowledge it, but we try to suppress it, you know, because... Well, because we've been told to. Deb. Yeah, keep calm and have a cup of tea. Whereas, yeah. you know, I love countries that are passionate and, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they get it out. And <sighs> that's it, it's done. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> but um, th that's when anger becomes bitterness. And the only one who carries it around Oof, is yourself. Yeah. And it's heavy yeah. and it's horrible and it's yeah. destructive mentally, physically and emotionally. I think it also pushes you back. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Pushes you back into like a victim kind of mode. Yeah. It's almost like 
why me life's why can't I yeah. and it, it really brings you down rather than opening you up to going and getting those opportunities or creating those opportunities or go well actually you know what Beverly she's over there doing that I think it's fantastic how can I get involved in that um Beverly do you mind me asking how you've got into that are there any other opportunities I could come to you direct and ask you or I could go wow okay how could I take that and what she's doing and do it in my own way so you're like you're supporting the person in front of you because I think you do an amazing job lovely um and by the way I'm not jealous of you at all it's not you that I spoke about in therapy <laughs> actually I don't know whether that was a compliment or a diss there Sorry. No, I'll take it as a compliment you, Beverly. I'm, I'm taking it as a compliment I'm yeah, taking it as a compliment and that's um, why we work well together so yeah. I'll give that goes back to you too but what I'm saying is that you know if if there's someone up there shining a light leading the way how can you compliment what they're doing but doing it in your own way so you are not trying to become another person you're being your own authentic self and you're doing things in your own way and you're adding value to the world and in that you're building your own self-esteem your own self-worth and you're also finding out who you actually are yeah because let's be honest you and I are different we've spoken about this in the in other podcasts we come together we have commonalities but it doesn't mean to say we always agree we have our own opinions yeah i am going to remind you though now because we're 32 minutes no. into this podcast because oh, i've wow. been watching so any <laughs> last thoughts chris um i just think victim and survivors have been through so much that we need to be able to support each other as i said lift each other up not put each other down no matter what our opinion is yeah. and you know what if I don't agree with you Beverly and I can't have a conversation that is um level stable and without anger and aggression and all the rest of it just to walk away absolutely, absolutely. just to walk away yeah and that's having our own boundaries and our own boundaries and our Ooh, own self-care. We've done a podcast on that already. We have, we have. <laughs> I'd just like to, there's one thing I'm going to say here, and I'm going to mention it. It's um, LinkedIn platform. I remember okay. when I very first started, one of my frustrations was um, in the corporate world, in the business world, and particularly LinkedIn, that was mm -hmm. representative of it, um, how we talked about strength and resilience. God forbid we mention the word vulnerability because vulnerable, you know, failing, you know, not able to. Oh, they don't want to, to hear about that, yeah. No, but it's really lovely to see how it's evolved and that's really come out. And if there's going to be a positive around, you know, all the isolation, et cetera, I think that really helped bring that out. And we talk about wellness now in all forms, mm -hmm. you know, mental health. We talk about abuse, et cetera. Um, and in a way, in a way that I really like it, in that we do open the conversation, and these are adults and what they've overcome. And so I'm going to say, I'm really pleased to see those voices opening up, the conversations to opening up. And for me, it's very heartwarming when you consider that the biggest cost to business is sickness due to stress, mm -hmm. and that stress isn't just today it may be that you've just gone through a divorce or a bereavement but when it's longer term it goes back to non-recent abuse and trauma so for me I'm really pleased to see that voice being heard on there yeah and I do agree with you but I also believe and I've seen for myself other platforms are shutting free speech and silencing some voices oh um, absolutely god forbid you have a different opinion to somebody else and god forbid you state that opinion um or you are resharing facts or whatever it happens to be 
and you're being silenced. And I think that's also played a bit into how I'm feeling is because I'm sharing stuff in for truth and transparency um, and also so that I can empower other people and educate. Um, but when it all gets shut down or it's not being shared as social media platforms should be sharing, um, it adds to the silencing you and putting you in a box. And yeah. I think that's not helped. No, and I am going to mention them, uh, uh, Facebook, um, <laughs> with their fact checkers. Yeah. Maybe they need to check their fact checkers because if they're removing all the information that they currently do, then they need to go back in history and remove a lot of the history because there are some facts there that weren't that would have been removed then and they are removing things that is only in their opinion it is actually a fact that's being shared yeah. so i'm going to name and shame them because i i find that yeah very very oppressive. frustrating yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and also what i wanted to say um perhaps i shouldn't go there perhaps i should save that for another day okay yeah i should save that for another day yeah okay too too big a box to open up well once again we are going to have to say we come to an end anyone listening please as we always say if you've got something you want to say comment on um youtube. on youtube on the youtube channel we're now getting our facebook page up and running so you can comment there if you don't want your comment to be um seen by anyone you can email us and we can add that comment and respond to you privately um whatever is right for you is right for us absolutely 100 percent. so chris goodbye for this week goodbye everyone see you soon bye see you soon and thank you for listening thank you Well, Chris, I have to say, when I listened to that myself, because obviously you sent me a recording beforehand as well, I two things straight away came to mind. First of all, I am going to say it again, and we said it before we started recording, you know, how you eloquently put across some information, really broke it down and made it so easy to understand. So thank you for that, because that's a challenge in itself and oh sorry you were going to say something yeah I was just going to say I don't always have the answers so I didn't know about determinant sentences I didn't know about um that the law changed in 2022 for example because everybody's in uproar about these convicted offenders mm -hmm. sexual offenders only serving half their sentence there was such an uproar that in 2022 the law was amended so that anybody convicted of four years or more now has to serve two thirds of their sentence. So that in itself is the public speaking up, saying this ain't right, and the law was changed as a result. So people power is important. And that is something that why we like opening these conversations because no it's not the best top topic to be talking about but it's important because without an awareness how do we learn how can we use our voice and the other thing that I was I and I will say in some ways really surprised at the history of his offences and we're not just talking in one place we're talking in several countries and something that we're both very aware of, but I think people underestimate, and that is when someone's convicted of having images. Yeah, sexual abuse images, yeah. Yeah, because it's very under, very under, I was going to say valued, but under, it's very misunderstood. misunderstood. Oh, it's only a few pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you're convicted, you may be convicted on so many pictures, but they don't necessarily include other. So you're only getting like the tip of the iceberg. What, of their offending? Of their offending, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I haven't got any proof of this, but just patterns that I've sort of observed over time is that offenders will start off with looking at 
sexual abuse images and some might stay at that level but many don't many then need to bring it to life so that's when their hands-on offending starts and once they start that hands-on offending they can't stop okay um now simon bailey once said when he was you know head of norfolk constabulary and head of operation hydrant and i'm going to be working with simon bailey going forward he once said we can't arrest our way out of this because it's so prolific it is so people think the situation looks like this and it's not it's like it's like this it's so vast and it's only getting worse yeah so he turned around and said and every all survivors were in uproar including myself that we can't arrest our way out of this because it's so huge it's so colossal so it's like well okay we are hear what you're saying but what are we going to do about it because we can't let it continue because as you said beverly every single photo is a child's life being ruined every single photo so it doesn't matter if this photo has gone through one hand or many hands that child is traumatized over and over again because of what they're being put through whilst that photograph or video is being taken but then as they grow up and become aware that knowledge that those photos and those videos are out there forever in a day doing the rounds absolutely and, and this so is traumatic and when you said that word about not we can't arrest our way out of this i've got to say i felt it in my chest it was like yeah. what we're going to just let everyone just walk away yeah yeah. Is that what we're going to do? Because some people equate that if there's not um, a guilty verdict, somebody, some people equate that or they were, weren't guilty, guilty until proven innocent. You know, the Internet Watch Foundation that are the global um, institution that work with partners around the world to try and clamp down on um, child sexual abuse images and videos around the world going viral. Um, they have said the offending is so prolific and it's really hard and it's very labor intensive and it's very cost intensive to nail down every single perpetrator every single offender that's watching taking part it's so massive that's what simon meant by we can't arrest our way out of this because it ain't just a small pool of people no. It is so prolific and so prevalent. And this is what people need to get their minds around. And we need to get our minds around this because there are many children sitting in many bedrooms around the world with their parents thinking they're safe. Absolutely. And they're not. The children no. are not safe. And one thing I always say, because something came up in a group, a, a parenting group, and somebody was asking about restrictions on their, their child to the internet. And somebody else said, oh, I, I don't worry about that, etc." And not in judgment, but I just put back in, would you let your child just walk out of the house and just off they go and then come back? Would you be happy to drop them off into an environment you don't know who's there? because that's what's happened what happens when they're online and this is where as parents you know there are different things that we can do although i'm very aware our children know technology a lot better than we do so yeah. i remember um being able to access the chat logs of my children and seeing something when they were very young but then they were very quick to find that and switch it off so it isn't easy and I'm not no, saying it is easy. No, it's not, it's not but, easy, but we need to be aware and that's what we do via this. Absolutely. And, and the, the gaming. Yeah, sorry, carry on. And the gaming fraternity. Absolutely, yeah. Gaming is worse because, and also it's not just adults out there pretending to be younger so they can befriend our children and then use that situation to their advantage it's also peer-on-peer -peer abuse as well that's happening um 
even in like a situation where let's just say boy girl thinking the girl may be thinking that she's in a relationship with this boy um boyfriend girlfriend kind of situation quite innocuous because it happens every single day you know boyfriend girlfriend relationship but then the boy for example saying can I have a picture and the girl thinking oh he loves me you know I want to cement this relationship sends a picture and then that picture then being used against the girl and being sent all around the school, for example. This is just a little example. So that is like peer-on-peer abuse yes. online, sexual yeah. abuse imagery online, and it devastates lives. And we've talked about suicide before. Children and young people are committing suicide over this kind of misuse of power. Yeah. Yeah. And it all comes down to trusting someone, giving that person what they want, and then that person breaking the trust. Yeah. And, and I just want to come back to that because um, when we think about language and communication, um, the committing word came from yes. when it was illegal. So yeah. the other way of saying it is they're dying by suicide. Yeah. And it is the biggest growth for children 24 years and under. Wow. Yeah. So that's escalating as well. Yeah. So taking a deep breath, because I know that would be very hard for people to hear. hear. And we've spoken about and you've heard quite a bit going on today. So what we're going to do, as we normally like to do, it's not all doom and gloom. We're doing this to raise awareness. And I like your analogy about shining the light on it. Yeah. So now we're shining shining the light on it there are actions happening not maybe as quick as we'd like them to to happen there is a whole learning worldwide not just within the UK not just within communities but in the family home as well yeah you know it we've all got learning and we're still learning even though you and I are in this environment we're still learning all the time So before we bring this episode to an end, I'd like to focus on some of the positives. And I know that sounds a very word, strange word after what we've been saying. But what are your thoughts about the positives, Chris? So for me, the fact that the light has been shone on something that's been systemic for a very long time and conversations are happening, we are actually seeing action being taken against offenders that are um, committing crimes over and over and they're thinking they're getting away with it and they have got away with it but now they're not getting away with it so they're actually being you know convicted for their crimes which is brilliant and it's also it's every situation once you start shining a light on something it always gets worse there's more and more cases come forward before it gets better. But the fact that people being held accountable, that in itself sends out a clear message that you can't, other people that might be in the background thinking about, oh, I might commit that crime because it's quite an easy thing to do. A message is being sent to them that, yeah, you might want to commit that crime, but actually there's a consequence for doing that. Look what's happening. And actually now we've got a zero tip tolerance approach within this institution and anything that looks like this, this and this, we're not going to tolerate and you will potentially end up in prison or you will lose your job and or both. So I yeah. think that is clear messaging in itself and that's what creates a culture change. And it's, and it's a start and we have to start somewhere. For anybody listening and they're finding that, A, they're, they're being triggered, please look after your self-care. If there's somebody that wants to speak out and they've heard this podcast and they want to go and speak to somebody, you can contact um, people such as the Samaritans, such as Survivors Alliance. Um, we've got an email 
breaking the cycle two step forward we can signpost you if you want to email us and we can signpost you to people that you can go to you can contact the police please don't think that you can't contact the police as well because there will be someone there and what's important as well is if you have a preference to speak to a woman police officer because you are a woman or you are a man that's been abused by a man you can do that too the same as if you're a man who's been abused by possibly a woman or a man but you prefer to speak to a man you can ask for that too you do have a choice there yeah there was something else I was going to say and it's just gone out of my mind (laughs) (laughs) as always Uh, The other thing I was going to say is for anyone who is aware of somebody who's been abused and they want want to find out more information, the same goes for anyone who's concerned. You know, reach out to the NSPCC, reach out to um, Samaritans. And or there's another charity, Bev, called um, Mozak, which are who are a charity that work with um, the non-offending parent if it took place within the family home so they can get advice from people or charities like that as well and there are lots of charities we're just quickly um giving you a message that there is hope here you're not alone um our email once again is breaking the cycle two step forward at gmail.com so if you have any questions we can always forward you signpost you to someone as well so thank you chris for a a very in-depth episode and conversation but it's a conversation sadly that is necessary but also can bring um, knowledge to people and know that they're not alone and that things are changing yeah and things are changing for the better because it it has to Yep, because for everybody, when the changes are made, we become more proactive in protecting our children and vulnerable people and enabling them to live a full life. Yeah, lovely. All right, then, everyone, see you in the next podcast. Thank you very much. Bye, Bev. Bye-bye.